55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. I've been waiting for this for hours. I've even been sitting here connected with the headset on, just waiting for the guys with the gridiron to get finished. <laughs> Therefore, I heard their show. <laughs> no, I listen to their show all the time. It really is a good show. Okay. Good warm up for you. Well, yeah, I mean, and. You know, and I mean, they they are genuinely funny. Beaver and Chris, or is it Chris and Beaver? Does it matter uh, whose name you say first? Uh, I think Chris gets the lead billing. Okay, it's Chris and Beaver. <laughs> but he couldn't do it without Beaver. Right. Okay, right. So whoever comes first, they are genuinely funny. Now, they we tried to call it the Brooks Show. We didn't let him get away with that. Well, Beaver didn't, because again, as I'll say, he's let it be known that he thinks it's very pretentious that my show is called The Matt Wyatt Show. And well, at least you have some name recognition out there. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Roger. I appreciate you saying that. We'll see how many nickels that puts in my pocket. <laughs> or cups of coffee. Speaking of coffee, I am really super bummed out because I drank all the coffee out of my thermos by about 9 a.m. this morning. Oh, well, I thought you were about to tell me you'd run out. I know no. you got two pounds over the weekend, <laughs> so you've got a problem, Mr. Yeah, Wyatt. Yeah, if I were out now, I'd be in big, big trouble. Big, oh. big trouble. You'd be a little bit tense. Yeah, <laughs> I would. No, I mean, I was genuinely LOLing, laughing out loud, and I was not trolling them, but I texted their show on the text line, the same text line that I use, 885-ESPN. Embrace your foe. What's that about? Well, okay. Let me just set this up for a second, okay? <clears throat> because a lot of times I have to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Um, if you're listening to this show live on ESPN 105.9 The Zone in Jackson, <clears throat> you're going to know because they, you know, you've heard them talk about this. If not, let me introduce you just real quick. If you're listening on WVBG Vicksburg, uh, 107.7-1490 Talk Radio in, in Vicksburg at night, or WBLE Batesville. Um, if you've ever been in a grocery store or a convenience store and you look at the magazine rack and you see this magazine over there, it says uh, Mississippi Gridiron Magazine. It is, it, it is a very, very well done publication. You used to get your hands on it back when. And I know that there's a lot of stuff online now, you know, on the website. But Chris is the guy behind all of the, the, the stuff that's going on at Mississippi Gridiron Magazine. They do a fantastic job. You know, I go back again six, seven years ago. Maybe it was that long? Eight years ago. Whenever it was when we were still doing the Seaspire Bright Lights game and we were broadcasting these these high school football games on television nationally, 
man, when it came to Mississippi games, you had to have that magazine. It was kind of like having a Phil Steele magazine for college football. And so that guy, Chris Brooks, man, he's hosts the Phil Steele of Mississippi. He really is, and I'm not. I'm high school no football, joke. I mean, yeah. yeah, high school football and junior college stuff because you can pick that up or go to his information. You can get it all right there. Um, and he knows the guys too. You know that's the thing about it. But anyway, so he has the show that comes on right before this one. If you listen to this show on the Zone 105.9 ESPN Radio in Jackson. Yeah, so that's who we're talking about. Well, Roger, the embrace. I just heard him say. Something about embrace your foe. I thought it was instigated by a text from a listener, but according to Chris, it, there was some kind of day, like you know, you had National Radio Day yesterday, but there's a day that supposedly embrace your foe day. And I just was picking on Chris. I said, well, you need to embrace Bo because Bo Bounds in the morning sometimes picks on Chris. Embrace your bow. Embrace your bow. But I messed up the hashtag, and it got him all confused. And then he started, like I was picking on him a little bit, just having fun. And he wondered if I was trolling him. And then he just straight up asked Beaver. He said, <laughs> okay, Beaver, let's be honest here. Thumbs up or thumbs down on Matt White? <laughs> They're going to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. <laughs> I love it. So what I did, and I tweeted it to him, is since I was connected to his show Chris Brooks, who is is he? A, would you classify him as a closet Ole Miss fan? Um, no, he's just an Ole Miss fan. He's an Ole Miss fan. He's so, so calling him a home. He can't really be a homer since he went to MC. So he's I drive a, by alumni. That's what he is. Okay, well, I did a really mean thing. I guess looking back on it, but because I'm you know can hear his show coming down on my equipment, I just recorded Chris talking. He happened to be talking about himself, which if anybody who's listened to his show knows. He likes to do. (laughs) (laughs) So I recorded him talking about himself while I also played on my little button board here the Mississippi State fight song. Doesn't happen all the time. I'm pretty... I'm pretty secure in my skin here, for the most part. But can I have thin skin sometimes? Mm -hmm. I don't like being criticized. And if I'm thinking about it, then it kind of rolls off. But if it catches me off guard, it'll get... Like, you can get under my skin, which is unusual because I'm a, I'm a, the oldest child. <laughs> I don't need to see that much leg. <laughs> yes. Uh, giggle like a little girl. <laughs> this is great. This is great. I we, don't want you to take your shirt off. Listen to that. Roger, y'all, what you're hearing, Roger has his own Chris Brooks button board. Ooh, that sounds like a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. The number one show in the state of Mississippi. (laughs) Hey, was he saying that sarcastically? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you something. I'm not saying we are, but I think if Chris and I were to combine on a show... And like co-host it together, I think we would be absolutely unstoppable. <laughs> That's what I think. No way you're getting him to work four hours a day. <laughs> the number one show in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> we can't get him to work four hours. <laughs> he, he barely. I mean, he really. 
just does the two. We joke that he look, sits in the car waiting until he hears the legal ID before he comes in. Look, I'm just telling you, Chris and I, okay, we have we have a similar belief system. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna see eye to eye on that. Two, both Christians. We really get in. We really get a kick out of kind of you know sarcastically picking on the other school, but in a non-threatening way. I really think that Chris and I would be great together on the radio. That's what I think. All right, oh, so that, this, this could be bad. <laughs> okay, enough with him. <clears throat> We're supposed to be doing my show instead of talking about his show. All right. There, I really do think that if Chris and I did the show together, or a show together, I think we'd be unstoppable. I can't believe this show's back on. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Jackson? That's his old producer. who's launching his own show tonight, by the way. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, tell me about that real quick. Roger? Yes. He's doing a show, and he's going to focus on, like, fantasy play and uh, gambling. Oh, fantasy two, sports uh, play? Two, yeah, and two things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I forgot. Better put that word in there. Yeah, thanks uh, for that. Yeah. Uh, two things you don't do much. <laughs> yeah, I don't do those. Yeah. Um, so maybe Jackson Re- tonight. Reality is hard enough to keep up with. Right. So maybe tonight Jackson might cover this. I saw it on Twitter a minute ago. Got to scroll, scroll, scroll. Here we go. Uh, Brett McMurphy putting this out there. SEC regular season wins totals released today by Bet Online. I don't know what that is, but Brett McMurphy is reputable, so he put it out there. So Alabama 11. Georgia 10.5. This is wins totals. Florida 9, LSU 9, Missouri 8. <clears throat> Look at that. They have Auburn and Mississippi State at 7.5. Mm. A&M at 7. Kentucky and Tennessee at 6.5. Arkansas, South Carolina 5.5. And, and then Ole Miss and Vanderbilt at 5 wins. That's from Brett McMurphy on Twitter. Those wins totals released by Bet Online. So I bet you Jackson talks about that on the show tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll, well see. Che- checking your text line. I think this answers a question you asked the other day. What's that? You asked me about the, the mysterious Brooksy McJack. That's him, isn't it? Well, look at it. I'll let you read it. Well, are we supposed to read it on the air, though? We it's... dominate. That's him. <laughs> I recognize the number. Okay, let it forever be known. Let it forever be known on this show and others going forward that on the text line, if if a text comes in as Brooksy Mac Jack, <laughs> that it is in in fact Chris Brooks in the gridiron. There you go. Because when I text his show, I text as me. I'm gonna stand by what I say. I do it every day, no matter how dumb it is. I stand by. <laughs> it's uh, you know it hadn't caused a huge problem yet. Right. Let's see. Uh, Antonio texts and says, Did you ever have thoughts of the NFL when you were a quarterback at State? Yeah, I had thoughts of it like this. Like I would think, I'm never going to play in the NFL. I would think, there's no way they're ever going to give me a shot in the NFL. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Look, yeah, I, w- I would just say, Antonio, I am just non-typical in so many ways, and I always have been that way. To me, you know, the the whole the whole thought of the NFL it just wasn't 
present. It wasn't on the forefront. It's not something I thought about a lot. Um, not growing up and even not in college. Yeah, but I, I just—I certainly wasn't good enough. You know, when I was young and I had a good freshman season, how many years ago was that? 24? <laughs> about to be 24 years ago. When I was a freshman, I had a really good year, and I was this tall guy, I could throw it, and they put me on the All-SEC freshman team that year at the end of the year, and that was neat. And so people started saying all kinds of nice stuff. Oh, he can play on Sundays. Well, as it turned out, I needed to learn how to play on Saturdays first. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, short-lived NFL dreams. But <clears throat> no, it, it was not something that I you know, daydreamed about. It just wasn't ever really present for me, honestly. Well, along those lines, when you were playing, did was it kind of obvious to you some of the people on your team? Oh, yes. Or maybe on, on the competition that, you know, that guy is going to play on something? No doubt about it. No doubt about it, Roger. Were you surprised at any of your teammates that, that made it to the NFL? So, um, surprised? No. Or surprised that some didn't, maybe? I think that's it. You know, more than, than anything, surprised that a few didn't make it for whatever reason. But, yes, and I, and I will tell you, too, you know, being an athlete at that level, you kind of have a certain gauge. You know, you have a pretty good gauge of talent when you look at other guys running around and all this kind of stuff. You can tell who's good and who isn't. Especially when you you know you go through five years of practicing year round, it seems like at the southeastern conference level, when that's over with, you're going to go away from that with an eye for who is a big time athlete and who isn't. And I know other guys are this way, but like I I have no doubt that I could walk into I could go right into if I had the heart for it, I could go right into recruiting. And be a pretty good evaluator. Um, it just doesn't leave you because, frankly, you know, when you stand side by side and on the field and throwing routes to a guy like Eric Molds, who is just out of this world talented, he's made and built, God made him differently than the rest of us. He's that otherworldly talented. Who then goes to the NFL and he was. You know, a longtime veteran. He was a, a pro bowler a bunch of different years for Buffalo. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer. But all that aside, when you see that in person at that level, it burns into your memory. Okay? You don't ever forget it. And so other guys who can do it um, really do stand out. I would say, yeah. And there are some that walk into the room and you know they're going to be NFL players. The the first day I ever showed up on campus to Mississippi State as a freshman, well, I tell you, it's not the first day I showed up, but the first day that we ever met beginning our freshman year where all the freshman class were in the same room at the same time, the last guy to walk in the room was a guy from Texas named John Hilliard, defensive lineman. People who watched State play in the late 90s will remember John Hilliard. There were so many superstars in that defense, it wasn't like John really stood out. But, yes, he did play in the NFL. Seahawks and maybe one more team after college. Look, as a freshman, when he walked in the room, he looked different than the rest of us. Bigger, stronger. He was built like a, an SEC senior the day he got there. And you knew this guy's going to be an NFL player. And sure enough, he was. You know, there's some of those that it just stands out to you so much. 
So it's a really good question. And I think um, the, the same is still true today. You can go to practice right now and um, you know go, go watch an SEC team. It may be a little different in Alabama. They have so many five-stars, but... You know, go to Starkville, go to Oxford, and there's going to be one or two guys that, to me, to the naked eye, after about 15 minutes, it's pretty obvious who the players are. I mean, I can tell you, after about 15 minutes out there, <laughs> I can tell you. Yes, some of those guys, they, they, they go out there, they make these D1 players look like, like they're in high school. <laughs> I know. They're just Which that Which is better. amazing, considering how big these guys are. Right. And... You know, I was looking at a picture last night. It popped up on Facebook, Roger, of the 1992 offensive line at Mississippi State. 92. Wisner on that team, Brian Anderson, Bill Sarton, Purvis Hunt, all these guys on that offensive line for State. They were huge. And, you know, anybody who followed State in the 90s, mid-90s, every time they were on television, the announcers would make a big deal out of how huge their offensive line was. Averaging 320 and all this kind of stuff. And so that's the thing. In the last 20, 25 years, the size, overall size of the players has not changed that much. Not like it did in the previous 25 years. Like if you went from and looked at college football players from the 15 to 20, 25 years of like, let's say, start about 1970 to 1985, and then looked at them from 80 to 95. From 1980 up until 1990, you had 260 pound offensive linemen in the SEC. But starting in about 95, everybody had 300 pound linemen. Well, the linemen now are still 300 pounds. So the weights and the overall height and sizes hadn't changed nearly as much in the last two decades as it did in the previous two. What has changed, though, is strength and conditioning. If you go out and stand next to offensive-defensive linemen now at the college level who weigh 300 pounds as opposed to 25 years ago, they are built a lot differently. Muscles, (laughs) body fat. The nutrition and weight training that they have at their disposal now is is just so light years ahead of what it was 25 years ago. So 300 pounds now looks a lot different than 300. There's no big bellies flopping around over their belts out there, even with the 300-pounders. They don't have that. Do you think it's um, cut down on injuries? I mean, I haven't looked at that. Hmm. It has to. I mean, yeah. it just has to, right, Roger? Because think about what a muscle Unless you're is. overtraining, which, you know, can cause a different kind of problem. Yeah, maybe a different kind of injury. That, can, pro- that can promote strains and things. Mm-hmm. You, you seem to see less... Um, I think you see less pulled muscles. You know, you're talking about, like, pulling a hamstring, pulling yeah. a calf, you know, pulling your quad. You pulled your groin... <laughs> You, you, you see a lot less of that now than you used to. That sounds painful. Yeah. Fortunately, I never exerted myself that hard. Some of the most painful muscle injuries I ever had was that quad muscle on the front of your thigh. You know, uh, you get Going some... Over to, the, to the side, on the no, outside? No, right, right down the front. Right down the oh, front. Right, the, the middle f- one. Front of your leg, right down to your knee. 
that quad kind of going, you know, you you tear something in there, you talk about painful. Of course, it it, it all is. But anyway, uh, a lot of that to say, in so many ways, football has changed. Players have changed, but a, but maybe the way they look, <laughs> how cut up they are now as opposed to 20, 25 years ago. A little more compact. One, right. One thing that has not changed is take me out there right now, give me half an hour, and I can go ahead and tell you who they are. <laughs> I can tell you who they are. <laughs> and you can pick out the older ones from the young ones as well, for sure. It's like when we go now to scrimmages, um, you know, because of my job with State as a radio guy, um, and I obey the rules, you know, with what is public information and what isn't, but some, you know, I'll get to see a scrimmage or two. But I rarely stay for the whole thing. I don't need to. <laughs> that sounds really, really cocky. But what I'm saying is, you know, give me an hour, a good hour, with about 30, 35 plays in there of watching a team scrimmage, and I've pretty much seen it. And again, it's it's not because I'm special. It's because, you know, you go through five years of college of watching, again, you know, guys like the Eric Moulds type athletes, the J.J. Johnson type athletes, the Robert Hicks type linemen, you see it up close and personal enough, it's burned in your memory. And then that you can tell who's special and who isn't, <laughs> frankly, going forward. All right, um, you got a quarterback battle that has been settled in the SEC. I'll tell you who it is and where and when and how. Coming up on the show, live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Oh, God, we love him! <laughs> <laughs> Alabama fans are getting serious about it. On that note, hats off. Hats off to Brett Hudson. You know, Brett worked uh, for me here at the media company for uh, not a full year, several months throughout this year. But he announced yesterday, Roger, he is the new Alabama beat writer for the Tuscaloosa News. How about that? Good for him. Yeah, I'm glad for him. He's really going to do well. Yeah. Going to do well. He went to school in Alabama. His, I think, wife from there, from Tuscaloosa. Well, so. well, you know, we've launched a lot of careers from this station. <laughs> well, and Brett's a good one. So uh, happy for him. Happy yeah, Deuce for him. McAllister started in broadcasting. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's really doing well. That's right. Yeah. He's on the Saints crew. Sure is. Hey, um, if you tune in every day at about this time, you wouldn't have known this because I, I I talked about it later in yesterday's show, but I want you to be aware there's uh, an event. I'm coming to your town or a town near you where I'm inviting you to dinner. I'm inviting you to supper, I should say, because everybody knows supper is at night. I'm inviting you to supper. Five different stops, five different cities that I'm coming to this fall for a football talk. Event. We'll have dinner, we'll talk football, and we'll watch a little film together. We'll break it down together. 
If you've ever watched my YouTube videos, it'll be similar to that. Except you'll be in the room with us. Uh, it's a pretty small group. Each one up to about 50 people. So we're not going to have a huge you know, dining room full of people, enough that we can all talk, answer questions, that kind of thing. So football talk with me, coming to a town near you, and I'm inviting you to dinner. You can get a ticket to one of these events and see where they are and the dates on my website, mattwyattmedia.com, mattwyattmedia.com. And up on the top, you'll see the events tab, and they're all right there. Coming to, going to start it off in Vicksburg. What up, Vicksburg? Everybody in the Berg. Hey, Vicksburg, y'all join me for dinner at The Anthony on September the 19th. Get your ticket. It covers the meal, and we'll have football talk. We'll do a little film study together, answer your questions, and learn a little bit about football right in the smack middle of the year. So the first event in Vicksburg, September 19th. And again, get your ticket at uh, mattwyattmedia.com. We'll also be later in September going to Starkville. Going to the Breakfast Club, formerly Cappy's Steakhouse. And so we'll be there in Starkville late September. And then October 1st, we go to Tupelo to Park Heights. Two days later on October the 3rd, I'll be right there at uh, Char Restaurant in Jackson for a football talk, food, football, film event. And then uh, the final stop will be mid-October, October 15th, at the Purple Parrot in Hattiesburg. So if you can make one of those events, you can certainly come to more than one if you want, but if you can make one of those, again, it's all right there, mattwyattmedia.com, mattwyattmedia.com. Click on events and get your tickets today. Seating is limited. Tickets are on sale. All right, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson. They bring you the phone line, make it possible for you to talk to me on the show. The Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Got it? 995-1059. Chris, what's up? Hold on. What's happening, man? How are you? Now, see, you kind of confused me a little bit. Because, okay. You know, growing up as a child, you hear, hey, come to the house to see supper. You're right. thinking 530, 6, 6.30, dinner's ready. You're eating by 6.30. Somebody says, hey, let's have dinner tonight. You're thinking 8 o'clock, 7.30, you know? So, mm. That's where I feel Well, and see, Chris, you know, uh, yesterday... When when Roger heard that, we both agreed that yes, mm-hmm. if we say supper, we're talking about eating at five thirty right. six o'clock. He right. said yeah, you're going to have your supper at Grandma's house. You're going to have dinner right. with a friend or a girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? That's well, well right. see, but but what I was going to tell you is we kind of agreed that also there've been times in our lives we somebody say dinner, and they were actually referring to they lunch. lunch. Yeah. Right. There you go. That's right. That's right. Dinner could also just be like a large gathering of people with food. You know, that, that could be a dinner it. as well. That's but it. look, I'm all about it. We'll call it whatever you want to call it if you're going to buy my jar. So. <laughs> well, you got, you got to buy your <laughs> yeah, ticket. Good one, guys. All right, man. Appreciate right, it. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah clarification. <laughs> yes. You buy the ticket. I'll provide the entertainment. Or, or um, Well, I certainly will. And we'll certainly do a little football, too. And that time of year, you're going to be able to do some you know, opponent scouting. You'll have some things to talk about, upcoming games, past games, all that. Um, looky here, boys and girls. One of the quarterback competitions in fall camp around the SEC has been settled. It's over. Or over, as one might say. In this particular case, it is not 
Mississippi State, it's Auburn. The War Eagles. Hey, yeah, it's going to be Bo Nix is the new Auburn starting quarterback. And guess what? He's a freshman. A freshman. Auburn goes with freshman Bo Nix as its starting quarterback. He was in a competition with Joey Gatewood. If you're old enough, you'll remember his dad, Patrick Nix. I know y'all do. Y'all remember Patrick Nix? Yep. Patrick Nix was a quarterback at Auburn in the mid-90s on those last couple of, or close to it anyway, close to the last couple of Terry Bowden teams before he was ousted and Auburn hired Tommy Tuberville away from Ole Miss. Um, Yeah, so I know Pat would have been the starter in 94 and again in 95. I believe that's what we're looking at right there. Uh, Pat Nix. And then he went into coaching. He was in college coaching for a while. I know for a while he was on Chan Gailey's staff at Georgia Tech, and then jumped back into the high school ranks and now is a head coach there in Alabama, and so Bo played for him. So it's one of those legacy deals. And I saw a quote yesterday from Bo Nix after he was named the starter where he said, you know, ever since I was a little kid running around the yard playing catch with my dad, I this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the Auburn quarterback. You know, it's obviously because that's what his dad was. His dad was the Auburn quarterback, so the kid wanted to be the Auburn quarterback. And, you know, being around football, being a coach's son, and all of that, and feeling like, you know, a kid who feels like he is absolutely squarely in the middle of his destiny is probably going to help him mentally, uh, to some degree, handle this deal of having the weight of a football team and a university and the SEC on your shoulders as a freshman. That is not an easy spot to be in. But being familiar with the locker room, being familiar with the school, you've been there your whole life watching, you know, because your dad played there and your coach's son, that that might negate a little bit of that. I mean, still it does come down to can you just cool-headed – Calm, go out there, make the plays, make the throws, get it to teammates, move on to the next play. But I think, you know, handling everything that comes along with being a starting quarterback in an SEC school, it's a lot. It's a lot. It can weigh on you, the good and the bad. And maybe the fact that that's just, it's just exactly what he's always wanted to do. At the school, he's always wanted to do it. His dad's around. Everybody remembers watching his dad play. He's grown up his whole life going in and out of that. You know, Alumni Center and the athletic facilities there. He's a coach's son himself. I just think that maybe that helps him. I didn't know his numbers in high school are really good, and he is good. He's a dual threat, can run and throw. That's different than his dad. You know, his dad was not a runner. His dad was a game manager, really good from under center play action stuff and could throw that deep ball. His son's a little bit of a different type player. But... One quarterback competition down in the SEC. And really, one more to go. It's in Starkville. All right, stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Tim Brando from Fox Sports coming up on the show in a bit. Looking forward to that. Tim's very much glued into the idea that the current scheduling model and the playoff format and everything to do really with college football, the overall structure as it is, has run its course. And if they don't change it soon... They'll see diminishing returns, and he's confident that they will change because you know they're in the business of avoiding diminishing returns in big-time college athletics, right? So we'll talk about that with him, including this comment. This is from yesterday's show. Florida Athletics Director Scott Strickland was on the show yesterday and when uh, talking about the rivalry with Miami. You know, you got Florida Miami playing each other on Saturday night. Talking about that rivalry overall, listen to what Strickland mentioned on yesterday's show. Florida and Miami used to play annually, and, and uh, that stopped in, in the late 80s. And between 88 and I think uh, for about the next 15 years, they didn't play at all and, and played sporadically in that time. So uh, this is the uh, first time in four or five years they played. We just announced today, actually, that we're going to do a home-and-home with the Hurricanes starting in 24 and 25. Um, which will give us 10 Power 5 opponents those years, which is something we're working to, to do a minimum of going forward. It's really a unique rivalry, and, and it's two you know two teams that have won national championships in the last 20 years, and, and there's a lot of history there. And- Did you hear that, though, in the middle of that? Did you hear what he said in the middle? Which gives us a schedule Miami in 24-25. He said, which gives us 10 games against Power 5 opponents he said that that is what they want to be the minimum. This is the uh, first time in four or five years they played. We just announced today, actually, that we're going to do a home-and-home home with the Hurricanes starting in 24 and 25, um, which will give us 10 Power 5 opponents those years, which is something we're working to, to do a minimum of going forward. 10 Power 5 opponents in a schedule out of 12 games, which is something that is a minimum that they are trying to make a minimum going forward. At least 10 of their 12 games against Power 5 opponents. That is significant. Because that is above and beyond the requirement of the SEC. But Florida is already saying, starting in 24-25, it gives us 10 Power 5 games, which will be a minimum for us going forward. It's significant for a Power 5 AD to go ahead and say that. We'll talk about that with Tim coming up. You know, you know yesterday on your text line, you know, somebody had a little bad taste in their mouth still after whenever they hear Strickland. But I, I was thinking, wasn't he the AD that really kind of ushered in this new era? I mean... Of what? Of and, Well, I mean... We're, it, didn't he over? I know there was a lot of people. There were a lot of people involved in this, nonetheless. But I mean, it takes leadership and vision and things like that. But wasn't he a part of all the, a lot of the the big improvements at state? Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he was. And I, and I just see him continuing that at Florida, but pushing the envelope. 
there were three people who traveled together to go interview Dan Mullen for the head coaching job prior to hiring him in 2000 and well December of 2008. The three people that went and interviewed Dan Mullen for the Mississippi State job were Greg Byrne, who is the AD, Scott Strickland, who was an associate AD on the staff, and John Cohen, who was the baseball coach. Those are the three people in the car that traveled to meet with Dan Mullen to interview him for the state coaching job. Those three people are now all sitting Southeastern Conference Athletics Directors, and Dan Mullen's now the head coach at Florida. <laughs> How about that? Got some horsepower on those choices. Horsepower. Hey, speaking of horsepower, oh. Jonathan Abram, the Mississippi kid who wound up at Mississippi State, was an All-American last year in a first-round draft pick of the Raiders. He is stealing the show on HBO Hard Knocks. And here's a clip from Hard Knocks where he was face-to-face with the designers of the video game Madden, and he's complaining that his ratings for, like, speed and power and tackling are nowhere near enough. Man, why y'all got my ratings so low? Why y'all playing like that? You're young, man. What that supposed to mean? You got to show up on film. (laughs) We haven't seen enough. You got all of us, like, sorry. Sorry. Eric Harry, Carl Joseph, I rate way too well. Who, who's the most in need of an upgrade? Carl Joseph. Oh, really? Number, number the market joiner should be at least 90 plus. Right. AB should be 100. Oh, Derek Carr is like 82. What do you think he should be? Like 90. I mean, your speed rating's a 91. I'm fast. You so got what? my strength like low, my tackling low. Other than strength and tackling, what about your coverage? What do you think your coverage rate is? My coverage low. Are you no. better man coverage or zone coverage? Both. Both? Both. <laughs> Which one have you had to pick one are you better at? Man. Man coverage. All right. Man to man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sim, that's what you get behind the scenes hard knocks. As much of a personality he is, it's really a shame that people at the SEC Network didn't even know his name until he went in the first round. They really got to do a better job. All right. Text line. Tiger David says... LSU 2019 National Champs. We are the truth. Tiger David, I guess it's possible. We'll see. I wouldn't bet on it. Hog Jowl says, sorry, I didn't realize that. What about Starkle? Talking about that uh, Arkansas? Is that what we're talking about, Arkansas? Starkle? I, I mean, he's the guy, right? The quarterback? All right, here we go. Good timing on this. Bates texts the show and says, Matt, will you play the Sonic Booms version of Neck? Football is back and I am ready. You bet. It never gets old and I don't mind taking that request. Yes, sir. Does the neck, is that referring to talking out the side of your neck? Yes, talking out the side of your neck. Just listen, they'll tell you. Talking out the side of your neck. What does that even mean? Bop, bop, ba Hey, oh! 
JSU Sonic Boom. There you go, Bates. Thanks for the request. We'll let you finish it up. Roll down your window. Drive around. Turn it up to 11. See if you can get anybody's attention. Blow your speakers out. I can't think of a better reason to blow them out. Go ahead. Y'all going to some games uh, on Friday night? Going to some high school games on Friday night? I'm going to go to the uh, Red Carpet Bowl in Vicksburg. Yeah! There you go, Bates. Just for you. All right. I have looked it up. Okay, let me hear it. To give an uninformed opinion mm-hmm. to uh, fabulate, which I didn't know was a word, to talk unwisely or unguardedly, to blow smoke out one's, you know what. <laughs> yeah. Also talk through the side of one's neck. Hot air. You ever worked nothing. for somebody who was nothing but hot air? I, I used to, uh, not too long ago, uh, I had a boss man who was one of these people who's like just always just like telling these big outrageous tales and like it's just hot air but the thing is like he come into a room and everybody in the room be, would feel like they need because you know he's technically in a position of authority everybody in the room felt as though they needed to stand there and listen to it <laughs> see what see what big daddy's saying <laughs> we, we just need to stand there and listen to it yeah and, and when in fact not a single solitary person in the room was interested in anything being said <laughs> And were it anybody else, they just turn around and leave. <laughs> Those are crickets on it, man. Hot air, man. So that's talking out the side of your neck. Okay, right. we got it. Yeah, makes sense. We got it. Makes sense. All right. That song came out. I, I think it was was that back in '84. That expression. I think I was looking. Try, I was trying to look back here. Oh, was know, it on the interweb? On the interweb, on the uh, yeah. what? What do they call that? The Urban I was Dictionary. Checking out the Googles, the Googles, the Googles. The Googles. Well, um, let me know when you find out. Hey, uh, listen. Let me remind you real quick. You can text the show. The text line number eight eight five ESPN eight eight five ESPN or eight eight five three seven seven six. Feel free to text the show that way. Coming up in hour number two on the Divinity Equipment phone, we'll have Tim Brando from Fox Sports, if everything goes according to plan. Y'all can follow Tim on Twitter, at Tim Brando. In regards to what Scott Strickland said on yesterday's show, Tim tweeted, from one of America's top AD, Scott gets it. Strength of schedule in the college football playoff era with four teams means nothing. Once expansion to eight teams becomes reality, and it will, it will matter. All right, we'll talk with Tim coming up here on the show in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show 